0: Good afternoon. And how are you? Blessed. Today is May the 5th, Thursday, May 5th, 2022. And welcome to Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. Um, again, this is our time just for you to answer for me to answer questions that you ask. You can send questions if some have on online. And, or you can just go, if you're watching live, just uh, type it on the live chat and uh, I will answer them as I can. Again, as we are still in the midst of uh, Easter, we keep focusing on rejoicing, knowing that uh, the resurrection of Christ is our resurrection. The resurrection is the absolute reality that hope, why we hope for anything, that no matter what. God is bigger, and he can bring life even out of death. And uh, so we always just focus on him. So the first thing we need to do is pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you for caring about us, for protecting us, for guiding us, for helping us. Father, we need you more than we need our next breath. Father, send your Holy Spirit upon each of us who are here, who are listening. Not a cowardly spirit, but one that will make us all strong, loving, and wise. Father, we beg you these things. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Mary, mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, welcome. I have been uh, ecstatic about the news. Talk about hope that they might overturn Roe v. Wade. <laughs> I was just like, who would ever thought that could even be? And the people, they're going so crazy over it. But we got to make sure that we know that even as this happens, we got to rejoice. It's what we've been praying for for many years. But that will not stop abortions. We still got to change people's hearts we still got to pray for the change of heart because even when they change laws, uh, people will still do what they need to do uh, to commit abortion and to get abortions. Um, so again, our prayer's got to continue. This hasn't happened yet anyway. People are going crazy. It's just, uh, I mean, I was just listening to the news as I was driving up here and I was thinking, you know, it's pretty sad when they have to get 24-hour security now around the justices. You know, no matter what, when we all agree or don't agree with them, please, we shouldn't hurt anybody. That's the whole thing. So, you know, they're always on the conservatives about the conservatives are violent. Well, now they're seeing both sides can be that way. Both sides can be hurtful and if they don't get things their own way. Uh, So, We just keep praying and we thank God for what he has already done and we thank him for what he will do. But we got to do our part. We got to change people's hearts that they know that all life is sacred, especially life in the womb. Okay. So let's start right out with the questions. Good evening, Harry. I keep forgetting you're in France. It is evening over there. It's not evening yet here but it's what, nine o'clock, I guess, over there, so welcome, it's always good to have you join us. Father, do hamsters go to heaven? You always know my answer, I think all animals go to heaven somehow, Um, and again, not official teaching of church, so people, like it's so funny when I always, uh, I never read any of my social media comments, so whenever I post in the morning or at night, I post and I get out of social media, Um, but I get uh, comments from my YouTube, it comes right to my, uh, um, my email, you know, I turned off all notifications for email because, uh, people are fighting and everything else and trying to get me in the middle of things. And it drives me insane. So I have turned on off all the notifications. So it doesn't even give me the nice little how many no, uh, emails I have. And then when I'm ready, I can go and look at the emails and uh, make comments or continue to ignore. So it's just part of the reality. Oh, my life is uh, stressed enough without all other kinds of stress coming along. Anyway, so, uh, but uh, I do see the comments from uh, the YouTube videos. And so it's so uh, interesting when people uh, take me on, which is fine, uh, but a lot of them, uh, not even taking me on, it's just like uh, make comments for other stuff. And that's where I wanted to start. Like one said, uh guy understanding Trinity says, Father, I love you, but if the Catholic Church goes down the road of blessing gay marriages, I'm converting to Orthodox. I don't think we'll ever go down that road to tell you the truth. I mean, as far as I know, but I can't imagine, but you just got to watch when we say, I'm going to convert to one that agrees with me. Uh, that's where we have get problematic because then we follow a God who agrees with me. And as soon as he or the church doesn't agree with me, it's like all the people that have always, you know, when John Paul II was Pope or Benedict, you either like it or leave, you know, you have to agree with the Pope. And then as soon as they got a Pope, they didn't agree with, well, no, you don't have to really listen to the Pope. I mean, I don't think people are, uh, uh, like I was saying, people aren't faithful anymore. Uh, they're faithful to them and the people that agree with them, but they're not faithful to, you know, and loyal, I guess, is even a better thing. People just aren't loyal. You know, they only stay with everybody in marriages and relationships and everything as long as everything is fine. When when it gets tough and we have to discuss things, you know, another guy sat there and I I took him off because he was nasty. Anytime comments get nasty or says you know, it was talking about the Pope and he says, we've had bad Popes, period. And we can disagree with the Pope, period. And I'm thinking, uh, we have had bad Popes, but again, we've never had a Pope who was heretical. We had immoral Popes, people who had uh, uh, wives and mistresses and kids. We have had many immoral Popes, but we've never had a heretical Pope. Because if we had a heretical pope, then the gates of hell would prevail against the church. So that always has to be the distinction. Uh, Yes, we've had bad popes, but the bad popes were immoral. They were not heretical. So when someone calls the pope heretical, now then God is no longer, it would not be with the church. The church wouldn't be real. God would be a liar. You know, so again, that was one of the things that came on. And... um, We just got to watch, and then there was something else that came out in the comments. Again, it wasn't a um, bad, but it was just like, yeah, experiences. Oh, that's you, Harry. Good job. But there was something here. (laughs) and Someone thought I was a Calvinist, please. The video's not, yeah, okay. And all that happens here is all this stuff comes in from both the... um, um, both my daily masses and the anchored in hope. So those are the things. But anyway, so again, um, tonight we have, uh, as, as I'm thinking about it, it's 7 p.m. our time, Eastern Time, we have uh, praise and worship. So if you want to uh, do praise and worship with us, it'll be from 7 to 8 uh, p.m. Uh, you're most welcome to do so. Okay. So let's go back in here. I heard the name Jesus, a Greek name. Is that correct? I don't know. I guess it would be Greek. The, um, the name that Jesus would go by would be Yeshua. Uh, or, um, you know, Jesus was a translation of a translation and that's where we got to Jesus, and it's it's a very long history, so I just encourage you to go online and just say, how did we get the name Jesus Uh, from Yeshua, you know, Joshua, Um, and it'll go through all kinds of stuff, but yeah, they didn't call Jesus Jesus, we call him Jesus, because uh, that's the way uh the english and however we got it from but yeah his, they didn't no one called him jesus but he was walking the earth now people go hey no it says it in the bible i know what it says in the bible but it's the translation of a translation of a translation again just uh look it up because it's more detailed than what i just said you know so uh i remember when i was in seminary and uh they told us about you know how we got to jesus i'm thinking Wow. Really? And I was uh uh scandalized. <laughs> we got the, we, the, the way we got it here. I was like, really, why don't we call Jesus Yeshua or whatever the way it was uh w- way they called him and it was again you have to you have to look at it. Even our foundation, you know, the the thing for our salvation is IHS, which is the the name they used for Jesus. The way they uh, would uh, bring it, but it means Jesus. That the reason for our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ. It's always a person. It's not a teaching. It's not uh, not just a teaching or not just a ritual. It's always a person of Jesus. Okay. So, uh, but I encourage you. It's quite interesting when you read it to go and read it. Uh, There's a lot on it. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, family. Hello, Father Larry. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Questions about keeping the urn at home due to financial difficulty. How to best follow the Catholic Church's teaching. Thank you. Um, it, it, the, the, the teaching of the church is all uh, ashes need to be buried or put in a sacred place. Like I have had people throughout the years that couldn't afford right away to bury somebody and so I would keep them in the church. Uh, because it's a sacred place until they could bury them or different things you might want to be talking to your pastor um and then because you don't want to leave your mother whoever it is on uh, the mantle you don't want to put her or him or whatever under you know in these little things and camera on around your neck and that no it's uh because they were the um the place where god dwelled their body is sacred and so um we always say it needs the dignity, so it needs to be buried or put in a sacred place. So, But a lot of times, uh, like, again, I've done it uh, in the past where until the, the ashes got buried, I kept them in a church. Like we have a, uh, the old side tabernacles, which, of course, they don't have the blessed sacrament anymore, but it's still sacred, so I would put them there until we got them buried. So hopefully you can do something like that where you're at your harmony this week was eye-opening on how being in the state of grace is about us and how we must focus on doing God's will to be holy yes and that was just one of the things that came from again uh, a talk I was having with somebody and they were just saying we need to just always be in a state of grace but again you could be in a state of grace and not in God's will oh my gosh completely um that's why we say that uh We should have peace by definition. If we don't have peace, we need to look at the two things. One, are we in a state of grace or are we in any serious sin? Because serious sin will rob us of uh, peace. But then two, are we living God's will? Because again, you mightn't have any uh, mortal sins. You mightn't have any missing mass or gossip. You take care of the poor, all those things. But you're doing something God doesn't want you to do. But you don't know it. I mean, you're not doing it on purpose, so it wouldn't be sinful but that's why it's so, so important. Like today, if you watch the homily or, you know, uh, listen to the homily from the Acts of the Apostles, I just talked about, think about how Philip was so uh in tune in his prayer that when at first the angel spoke to him and says, go up to that place, and then the spirit came upon him and said, go and go to them. And he converted the Ethiopian eunuch, that he was so in tune with the, the voice of God that when... Uh, God would speak to him through an angel, through the Holy Spirit that he could hear and then do. And that comes from us. You know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, that we need to be so, uh, so, so important that when we pray, we shut up and we listen, we listen, we listen. It's just so, so important. Again, I'm sure many of you just do a lot of talking, do a lot of prayers and different things, and uh, that's not enough. It just isn't. We need to hear the will of God so we can do God's holy will. Uh, it's just so important that we do that. So uh, so good, I'm glad that uh, it was eye-opening. Hi, Chris. Hi, Father Larry. Looking at all the furor of the Supreme Court decision that isn't even, even done yet, exactly. Do you think it's possible for any healing in our country to take place? Of course, God uh, can do great healing. I always go back for my own self is think about uh france now france is a different issue again but to, to, to begin there france was killing uh, all priests and everything else uh for many years um and then once they it converted back you know they built la So, uh, so- core which is a big sacred heart uh 24-hour adoration in paris it's beautiful but it was to make reparation for all the things they did against the church and uh, the Catholic Catholicism and priests and bishops. So all these things are possible for healing here in America. I think we have to be, you know, I'm very much, I, I hate to call out uh, Satan. You know, everybody's always looking for him and always saying that stuff, but God is more powerful than Satan and he's more powerful than Satan in our lives. But I think we have to at least acknowledge that Satan is very uh, alive and present in our world and that he's the one who really works at uh, killing children, especially the unborn children in the womb of their mother. Uh, He's the one who's always selfish it always is concerned more about himself. And he teaches us to be selfish because abortion is the most selfish act you can do uh, to kill a living being inside of you because... Uh, it's inconvenient or it's not the right time or uh, you don't want to be bothered, whatever it is. To kill another human being, uh, for your, put yourself first, is always a great act of selfishness and it comes from the evil one himself who was a liar from the beginning. But again, God always wins. Of course God can bring healing. Of course God uh, can bring repentance to our nation. I think what it takes, though, is politicians who are truly converted in heart to have a deep knowledge of God, because too many of them, and again, this is being judgmental, but I'm not calling out any particular person, again, I'm making in general, is that they are they call themselves Christians, but they're truly nationalists. That means that uh, nationalism is more important in christianity and by definition then you're not a christian because a christian whose lord of your life is jesus christ period that means if he tells you to do something you do it period doesn't matter what anybody else says doesn't matter what anybody else says your country your neighborhood whatever god says if you're a christian you only do his will You're a slave of Christ. That means you live to please him. So uh, if he says take care of the poor, you take care of the poor. If he says leave in uh, immigrants or refugees, you leave in their refugees and immigrants. You don't tell him, no God, that ain't, ah, he is in charge. That means that we got to do what he wants. So, you know, like I was sitting there saying the other day, someone, uh, a politician, again, I don't know her name, but she was uh, going against how anyone who allows. says refugees is demonic, you know, and so she was going and saying the Catholic church is demonic because we stick up for refugees, and I'm like, okay, really? Are you so far away from Christ and his word that you could even begin to say that? Uh, Again, when you follow Jesus, and you really follow the gospels, or you follow the Acts of the Apostles, Christ went out of his way to uh, take care of the poor and the rejected, who everybody else hated, that he loved. huh? And when we start hanging out with everybody else that the world hates, we're showing we're like Jesus. But again, we got we to gotta always make sure that uh, if I say I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm following him in all things, or at least I'm acknowledging when I don't. You know, acknowledging, well, he's calling me to this, but I'm not there yet. I think you can handle that. You know, uh, like again, St. Augustine says, Lord, make me pure, but not yet. (laughs) So he he had that struggle, but at least he knew where God was calling him to and he got where God was calling him to. I think the problem is when we, what we believe, we say, God, this is what you should believe instead of God, I'm not there yet. Like in my own life, uh, I remember when John Paul came out and said, uh, very rare should we ever commit uh, the death penalty, should very rarely be used. Now, this is John Paul II. Now, Pope Francis said it should never be used. And John Paul II was very close to that. And so, and I struggle with that, you know, because in justice, I think the state's job is to bring justice to people. Even as I told you before, years ago, when I wrote to uh, uh, the guy the Oklahoma bomber, you know, I knew he was Catholic, and I sent him uh, a letter, um, I can't remember his name right now, but anyway, um, when I sent him the letter, I says, I I put right in there, I said, I believe you should die in justice for what you have done, but I believe that God is a very merciful God, and if you confess and you repent, you could become uh, Ted McVeigh, you could, uh, McVeigh, forget his first name, but anyway, it wasn't Ted, but whatever, and I says, but you can uh, become a saint, and then I found out, you know, uh, I, uh, that the day he died, he, the night, that morning of, he actually called a uh, priest who was an SVD, who I was in seminary with, one of the twins, and uh, he went to confession, so Tim McVeigh, Tim McVeigh could be a saint in heaven, because he repented before he died, Now, again, that drives everybody crazy too, but just, it's of course possible because, and anybody, if that drives you crazy, you don't realize how much you deserve eternal damnation. Well, it's just that simple. I mean, because if you knew how much you deserved eternal damnation, you'd be giving mercy to everybody. Anyway, but, so I've struggled with that ever since John Paul II said that. But it doesn't matter what I believe. It matters what the church teaches. And if I struggle with that, The problem's with me, not with the church. And so I got to get to where the church is, period. I can't say that uh, John Paul II was evil or Francis is evil because I don't agree with that particular thing. I'm the one, not evil, but I got to get there. And there's a lot of things in the church that I didn't believe when I first uh, came to seminary. <laughs> and, the, the, and people go crazy with this. But first, one of the biggest things is I believed that Jesus was the son of God. I didn't believe he was God. Can you imagine? Can you even imagine? I was in seminary. And I remember uh, cautiously saying, t- t- telling this to my spiritual director. And uh, he didn't judge me or said, are you out of your mind? He just sat there and said to me, The beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Bam! Absolutely everything made sense to me. Uh, Yes, then I believed. I believed, I struggled with the belief in the blessed sacrament, Jesus truly present in the blessed sacrament. But that's my greatest belief now. So it's okay to struggle with the teaching of the church as long as you're open to wanting to believe what the church believes. That's the most important thing. So of course we can struggle. Of course, when the guy says, of course we can challenge the Holy Father. Of course you can, as long as you do it humbly. If you don't do it humbly, it's not of God. So all the people that have went against him, I see no humility in any of them, in my opinion. And I've debated with them, talked to them. A lot of them were speakers with me but they just think they know more and so in their pride they go against things. everything we do to prove it's of god has to be a true humility not fake humility but acknowledging yes i struggle with this i don't i don't buy it yet or i'm not sure that this has to be the teaching of the church tell me why show me and then we sit there and we spend time reading like again a lot of time when people go against holy father they're just saying uh well, I heard what he said because Raymond Aroro or someone at the end said this about them. I'm not picking on Raymond. I'm just saying it. They'll say, well, look what they said. And I always say, have you read the document? Well, no. I said, well, neither is he most likely. He's heard what other people said. And they take little pieces of it, but put it all in the context. They said, that's what those things you got to do because people have an agenda. They have a big agenda. Um, And so we have to make sure in humility that we always look at all the reading. We look at all the, what the theologians say, all the sides of it before we start making public judgments about everything, okay? So let's go on here. What words would you use to start a conversation about the gospel? God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you. A great thing, John three sixteen, and then John three seventeen. God did not send His Son in the world to condemn it, but to save it. And so, uh, in dealing with people, that's so why first night. That's what I begin with uh, when I do a parish mission. Is we bring the gospel of, you know, the good news. And when Jesus started introducing the gospel, He says, "Repent and believe in the good news." Now, we love to push the repentance part but they need to hear the good news part first. Why? Because remember the way Jesus did it. You always look at the example of Jesus. So when Jesus caught the woman in adultery, the law said for her to be stoned. He wrote the law. He was God. He's God. And so he then sat there and said, uh, those are without sin cast the first stone. And he says, does anyone condemn you? No, neither do I. So what he gave to her first was the good news. And then he said, go and sin no more. And you've heard me say this a thousand times. Before we can tell people to go and sin no more, usually that's the first thing out of most people's mouths that you can't do that. And everybody knows that or they don't know that and they'll just hate you and they'll never uh, listen to you anyway. But if we sit there and say, um, God so loved you that he gave Jesus and he died for you. And God did not send Jesus to condemn you, but to save you. Now we can, because the deepest need in everyone's heart is to be loved. So we got to meet them there. And then when they come to experience the love of God, then we can hit them with the way God did it. Again, in the Old Testament, before God gave the Ten Commandments, he set his people free from their slavery. Huh? before we can hit people with the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of love, the gospel of repentance. Of course, it's a gospel of repentance, please. But the good news is preached first with the repentance uh, second. You know, it's just the way Jesus did it when he, uh, uh, the way he lived it with dealing with Zacchaeus, dealing with the woman in the well. When he preached it in the beginning, he was preaching to uh, uh, the Jews uh, and trying to get them to change the Pharisees, trying to change their life. He was building on what, uh, St. John the Baptist said when he preached repentance, he was now going, but again, as he, uh, later in his ministry, he flipped that. And so I just, the way that works best. again, people still talk dirt about me, like 30 years ago, I was much stronger and, uh, people again think I've got, uh, uh, like milk toast. And I promise you, I haven't at all. I'm just stronger about other things. And I'm just, uh, I always think, okay, what's the point? The whole point of all this is to bring people to conversion. Well, how does that work best? By yelling at them first, which I've done for many years, or by hitting them with the good news first. Hitting with the good news brings more conversions than yelling. And the yelling or the hitting him over the head with that sin, they'll do it out of uh, fear, but they won't stay. As soon as they're not afraid anymore, again, it's just from thirty-three years of experience of doing this. I'm just telling you. Uh, so hopefully that helps. Okay. Let's all pray for Francis, a pope who's suffering with his knee. It was sad to see uh, him on in a wheelchair the other day, and them trying to pick him up so he could stand. It was. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, my my. uh sweatshirt again it does say got mary if you haven't seen this before and then i'll show you on the back here she got your back she got your back and so uh you can always get these things a friend of mine kurt redinger uh sells them out in san diego california um and you just go to got mary just go to got mary uh put that in google g-o-t mary and they also have uh uh saint michael uh, divine mercy there's all kinds of great sweatshirts t-shirts all kinds of stuff on there and uh, uh this is my second one i really really like them it's uh it's preaching without preaching you know again it starts with the good news have you got mary she got your back it doesn't say like uh she's holding back the hand of god and he's going to destroy all of us as some people interpret the uh, Fatima, it's that Mary says again, and Our Lady of Guadalupe, again, it's on my back. It just says, am I not your mother who loves you? Is there anything else you need? <laughs> okay, that draws me in much deeper. So anyway, there you go. Let's go into uh, one of the questions here. Why do we Catholics go to mass and other Christians go to service? I had trouble explaining this to other I realized that I simply did not know mass is the eucharist the eucharist means thanksgiving but the mass is the actual sacrifice of the body blood soul and divinity of jesus christ protestants have services because they don't believe in the mass they don't believe in the, the eucharist most don't there are some of course orthodox but they would, would not be called protestants they would not, not like that at all um and uh methodists some methodists believe in a real presence uh, of course the high episcopalians believe in the real presence and so Lutherans believe in the real presence. They believe in consubstantiation. We believe in uh, transubstantiation. transubstantiation. Transubstantiation means that uh, the bread and wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, and stays that way. Uh, consubstantiation means the bread and wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus as long as the service is going on so but the main thing is because we believe it's a sacrifice it's uh we participate in the mass we participate in the one sacrifice of jesus christ uh whereas most of protestant services are worship services or word services uh, we have a eucharistic service liturgical service i hope that helps let's go back to here um uh, hi mary mayo good afternoon father i'm listening to your show while i assemble a barbecue in my garage uh that's always fun doing that we just bought a big uh, pergola for the rectory because the old one uh gave up its ghost so we had to get another (laughs) one so uh, they're gonna put it we're gonna start putting it up monday We have to take the other one down this week but it's uh hopefully if it ever stops raining today it wasn't raining by god's grace that's how we went and got it so uh but yes, good job. That's great so Okay. Hello, Father. I hope you're having a blessed day always. When a person says, God bless you, is that a blessing? I thought only priests and deacons could bless you. Well, only priests and deacons can give official blessings to of the church, but you can, I, I'm very strong on parents blessing their children. Like there's nothing greater than a blessing of a father. So if, uh, especially if you do this ever since they're babies, When they walk out the door before they go to bed every night, you as a father or as a mother, place your hands over their head and ask God to bless them and pray a blessing upon them. They will always look to you for that blessing. And uh, especially with fathers, they are the priests of the family. So they can truly give blessing, not the official blessing of the church. Again, only priests and deacons can do that but they can truly be uh, be a blessing and bring a blessing to God. And again, like what I always say about uh, we are blessed, we are blessed why? So we can be a blessing to others. That's why. It's not about, oh, look at all the things I got or look at how God treats me. It's that God blesses you so you can bless others. So God takes care of you so you can take care of others. Blessing or I'm blessed is never a selfish uh should never be a selfish proclamation about I'm blessed. Oh, look at those all poor people aren't. It's always I'm blessed so I can be a blessing. I got to blow my nose, so excuse me. Oh. Sorry, I have been stuffed up for three weeks now. <laughs> it's kind of driving me crazy. But anyway, sorry, excuse me. Okay, let's go on. Do-do-do-do-do, amen, Jimmy Connor. have a blessed day. Julie, I have joy that abortion might come to an end, at least federally, but how do we have hope and joy at so much division? Again, as I answered earlier, that uh, God's in charge, and we don't look at the division, we look at God, and that helps tremendously, that we know who holds the world in his hand. You know, everybody, they all talk about how we have power. Think about it. Things can change in an instant, a twinkling of an eye. So we just keep looking at Jesus. What happened to the live stream on Monday? The live stream, we've had all kinds of problems. It wasn't, uh, I didn't have the mass uh, on Monday because I had mass later in the day. Father Ian had it and he was running late because uh, he forgot he had it. But anyway, so, uh, but it's been the internet, you know? And so we just signed a contract go to fiber so we're going to go to a fiber network so it's going to be four to six weeks before we get it but the great thing about a fiber network is that the uh upload is as fast as the download so it's more uh it should be uh, more steady mondays have always been a problem at the parish because we're at the end of the line for spectrum and uh If a lot of people sign on, then we have to share less and less and our upload time gets less and less. And that's why almost every Monday we've had problems uh, with live streaming. Uh, So, but we, again, I just signed a contract yesterday to fix that. So let's hope it does get fixed. Father, when is your regular, when is your regular live stream? I don't see it on YouTube, only by chance. May Jesus know when I needed you. He uh, the. The live stream is 7 a.m. every uh, Monday through Friday. 7 a.m. it's a 7 o'clock mass. And then on Sundays, it's 11 a.m. And then we do this live on Thursdays at 3 p.m. But again, even if you, if you can't watch live stream on YouTube, all you have to do is Father Larry Richards on YouTube, and it's, uh, we have our own channel, and it'll come right up. So well, welcome. It's good to have you here. Hi, Father Larry. I pray for you already. Thank you, thank you for all that you do. Blessings and love, Mark and Lisa. Oh, nice. Thank you, um, thank you very much. This uh, uh, I'm not looking forward till Sunday at all. Mother's Day, the first Mother's Day without my mother. Uh, so, you got to pray for me for Sunday, if you all would. That uh, I'm already getting crazy about it. But again, it's she's with my. The mother of God, she's with uh, God, but it's just taken time to make that transition. Hello, Father. The Church building in our small village in Belgium will become desecrated. Still, a graveyard around parishioners can give ideas for new destinations. So sad. What's your idea? Oh, that's very sad. Um, usually, when uh, they uh, and it's not uh, if it's desecrated, I don't I don't know if you mean. Desecrated, it means uh, they're going to move it, and uh, it's it's designated to uh, uh, profane abuse or something. It doesn't sound the way it is. A desecrated church is if someone got murdered there, or like uh, uh, did uh, d- demonic worship there, and that would desecrate. And if they had if that happened in your church, then the bishop needs to come and reconsecrate the church. But if they're going to close the church and move the church, um, sometimes because it's just too small, a lot of times they'll use those small churches as uh, chapels uh, for a perpetual adoration, uh, that's what a lot of places have uh, done, or if they do move it, like in Erie, we have 32 parishes, and uh, you know, within 15 years, we can, Erie, Pennsylvania can survive on four or five parishes, but you know, to close any church is always heartbreaking. So I always, my thing was, which will never happen, but I said, close them all, close every single church and build beautiful new four or five beautiful new churches and populate them with all the best of all the churches, all the, like our high back altar, all the best statues, all the best, everything so that um, we have the best at every parish, that there isn't poor parishes and rich parishes There are just parishes that serve God. And that if everybody loses, then we can all rebuild. Uh, But again, don't ever go for that. But that was my suggestion because in in time, we don't have the priests in that to populate 32 parishes in the area. It just ain't going to happen. But how do we do with that? It's always a thing you have to really listen to the Holy Spirit about where the Spirit leads. And that's why I I always say, like even when we're talking about what we're going to do in the Diocese of Erie, Well, what's God telling us to do? Uh, That's all. And then we do whatever he tells us is all we can do. That means we have to all be praying though. And it's more than getting together and saying, uh, having a prayer service. You know, it's about all the people, including the leadership to truly be praying just about this and listening to what God is saying. And then we go from there. Okay. Quick question for a friend. Uh Uh-huh. Sure, Pat. What do you think Jesus would have done if one of his apostles began teaching against the teachings of Jesus exactly? Well, again, uh, someone did do that. Uh, Judas went against him and betrayed him. Um, but again, no, when it comes to, uh, a lot of people just don't know the true teachings of Jesus either. Like some people think that, oh, this is the teaching of the church. And I say, uh, well, where does it say that? What says in the Catechism? And I said, the Catechism is the official teaching, but it can be changed. You know? Oh no, it can't. Oh, it has been changed many times. Again, uh, like I talked about earlier, John Paul II uh, said that uh, executions should be rare, and then uh, Francis changed it and says they shouldn't occur. Period. Uh, so, again, the if you look at the early Church, like I remember when I was in seminary that I went to a lot of early documents of the church. And a lot of the things they said, let them be an anathema, are things that we do nowadays because the church grew in understanding. So that's why you have to always watch whether it's a big T or a little T. A big T is a big teaching or a big tradition that cannot be changed. Uh, that a God is uh, one, that uh, there, God is Trinity, that God is love. Those things can't be changed. But the way we have done things have changed again like the mass has changed so many times throughout the centuries that's why we have so uh, many uh, byzantine churches or uh, we have uh, you know rites in the church i think there's 21 of them and they all do things different not so i mean so different that like in the catholic church we believe the only way the bread and wine can become the body blood soul and divinity of Jesus is if you have truly unleavened bread if any leaven enters that bread it's no cannot it's no longer valid you can't the mass you can say the mass, but the the bread and wine doesn't become the body blood soul and divinity of Jesus. you go to the Byzantine or the other rites they believe in uh, that in the that leaven should be in there. And they had, you know, the, the saints did the whole theologies about this, um, about why. And so there you get leavened bread, which is much thicker, and they cut it up into squares and they put it with the precious blood. And they don't separate the body and blood. They have little spoons and you go in and you receive communion by the, the priest dipping out one of the little squares of the body in the blood of Christ and then drops it in your tongue. A very different way of saying mass. So a lot of people think that uh, some of the changes that happen are going against what Jesus said. It's amazing when Jesus talks about, uh, if you want to be perfect, go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. That's what Jesus said. What did Jesus say after he taught us the Lord's Prayer? He says, if you forgive others, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. So he tells explicitly, even if you go to daily Mass, daily communion, say a rosary every day, if you refuse to forgive somebody, you will be damned because God the Father will not forgive you. That's the teaching of Jesus. Now, people change that and say, oh, no, no, ah, the teaching of Jesus is real. The teaching of Jesus is Matthew chapter 25, when Jesus explicitly says who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. So Jesus said, I was hungry and he gave me food. I was thirsty and he gave me drink. And then he says, get out of my sight. You condemned to the everlasting fire to for the devil and his angels. That's what Jesus said. So Jesus said, you will go to hell forever if you don't take care of the poor. That's not me, that's not the church, that's Jesus. But people ignore that in Jesus' name. They live their whole life, they can go to daily mass and not take care of the poor. Like I hear confessions almost every day of my life and I, the, when, if they ask the questions, I always say, do you consistently take care of the poor? 98% of the people say no. So what does that mean? They're not living God's will, Huh? and there's danger of damnation, even if they do all the other things right, because the only time Jesus said who goes to heaven and hell was Matthew 25, and he made it explicit, but that's the teaching of Jesus, you know, so we can't change that, but we sure have in our practice of daily living, so it's a hard thing, but I get you. Okay, Michael Wolf. Hi, Michael. Maybe four o'clock might be a better time for your podcast. More, we're going to change it to at night one of these days. Again, we're just waiting for this company we hired to uh, uh, get me all the stuff. I mean, we're still in process. It's been taken forever. And then, of course, my mother dying and everything else these last two months. It was two months ago, uh, last Tuesday or last monday so again i'm just getting out of my funk you know so uh and there's so many changes happening around me where you know again we're going to get a new foundation director i still haven't got anybody to clean the rectory uh you know there's uh, and then the people have been going off the board people have been going off my uh, leadership there's a lot going on so uh this is just staying where it's at until i can sit there and really uh Figure out where we're going. So hopefully that helps, but we're going to do it later. Excuse me. Who is your favorite person in the Bible? Jesus, of course. Second person will be uh, Joseph, a blessed mother. In the Old Testament, my favorite person is David because David was so real, and yet he was a man after God's own heart, and yet he was a great sinner. Oh, he was a murderer, he was a rapist. It goes on and on and on. Uh, but he was still a man after God's own heart. So that's the people that uh, I go to first. Father, 3.30 would be a great time. Yeah, yeah, praise the Divine Mercy Chaplet, I know. That's why you can always do it later, but in the middle of the day, especially here or even out in West Coast, the middle of the day is, uh, you know, it's only noon out there, you know, so we have to figure it out, so we will. So thank you. Okay, overturn Roe versus Wade, please help us, Jesus. Yes, again, that would be, uh, again, no. But once they, uh, again, to go back to uh, Roe versus Wade, even if they overturn it, they just say it's not a right. But each uh, state can vote and kill babies. You know, it will not stop abortion in any way, shape, or form if they overturn Roe versus Wade. So don't be surprised, because if they overturn it today, in fact, it it would just say it's not a right to do that. There's no way it's a right to kill a child. But they could even pass federal laws that, okay, abortion. But it wouldn't be a right. uh, uh, The uh, state, yeah, Supreme Court, I think they will get rid of that. But we have a long way to go to stop abortions, a long way. This is just the first step. And, uh, you know, it just yeah be the first step okay father i just released something child 10 to 12 years christian and catholic share the same jesus teaching but not the adults as I a as i coach with kids okay johnny gumbo how did you learn how to be such a great speaker You, Cardinal Dolan, yeah, Cardinal Dolan's a great guy. I wouldn't say I'm a great speaker, though what makes me what I do is I've always been authentic. You know, like we're going to be teaching eventually with the foundation, priests and deacons how to preach. And my job for that will be teaching them to have anointed speaking. You know, because if I just tell you a joke or I just tell you things that's from my head and what I understand, then it won't touch you. You got to be from heart to heart as uh, St. Francis de Sales said. And it has to be anointed because the only one that can change your heart is the Holy Spirit, not Father Larry Richards, not uh, Bishop Barron, not any, nobody can change your heart. Only the Spirit of the living God. So we preach anointedly means that we surrender and let the Spirit of God speak through us and we get the heck out of the way. But then after that, you have to be authentic, that you got to be who you are no matter where you are. And you got to be enthusiastic and enthusiastic means filled with God, which is anointed. But so those two things to me are the most important things to be authentic and enthusiastic is, uh, some of the best things you can do. But I often say what happens with me is the Holy spirit sets me on fire and people come to watch me burn. It's all the spirit of God. It sure is an heck, Father Larry Richards, he's a great and awful sinner. I mean, again, Anybody that comes and says, oh, Father Larry, he's a great and awful sinner. That's not false humility. It's truth. You know, I'm fully aware of who I am. Fully aware. Okay, McVeigh probably went to purgatory if he got in. Big if. But we have no. You just judge somebody. We just don't know. But the teaching of the churches, who's the first one we know that went to heaven? do, 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 do. The good thief. And Jesus didn't say to him, uh, after a thousand years of purgatory, you're gonna come to heaven. Again, what's the teaching of Jesus? This day, you will be with me in paradise. This day, today, you will be with me in paradise. Pope Benedict talks about purgatory could be an instant because we talk about things in years and everything else, but there is no time in heaven. And purgatory can be an instant, uh, Saint Benedict, Pope Benedict said. So again, you just gotta watch Uh, at the moment of death, everyone, if they're Catholic, if they go to confession, if they repent, uh, they're giving a plenary indulgence at the moment of death. And a plenary indulgence is full remission of all confessed sin. So if Tim McVeigh went to confession, if the priest gave him plenary indulgence, then he could have went right to heaven and become a saint. That's the teaching of the church. You and I might not like that. Why? Because we want to focus on justice, if it comes to me, I talk a lot about mercy, but I'm one of those justice people, which is very wrong, but in my heart, that's, I'm a justice, like, if I see a movie, I love when the bad guys get it, you know, I just do, and then the Lord says, what if you got what you deserve, Larry, and I just say, you're right, God, I'm sorry, Uh, whatever, you know, but again, I know that if God just gave me justice, it would be a problem, okay, okay McVeigh probably went to purgatory women's conference gifts of the Holy Spirit today through Saturday yes uh, I'm I'm one of the speakers for the uh, uh, women's conference Um, it's on most of my stuff and it's free you can go on and see that I talk about uh, discipleship and that kind of stuff okay Yes, I was baptized on April 17th, uh, and it was uh, my mother's birthday. And that last time it happened was 62 years ago, the day I got baptized. So that was uh, interesting. Next one, Chris says, is 2033. But that ain't 60 years. That's not too far. I could hopefully still be around for that. Hi, Father, praying for you. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Uh, Pagan Paul, oh my gosh, AKA Pagan Paul. Well, at least you got it. That's good. <laughs> okay, fiber, awesome. Thank you, Father. Can't wait. Will the evening one be a pints with pottery podcast? No, we don't uh podcast anymore. I, I we we're just talking. We don't really get the numbers for it anymore, so I don't know what we're going to be doing with that. We will see. Okay. Hi, Andy. Good to see you. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yes um yeah see you soon yeah we'll be out in phoenix coming up harry says quoting john wesley good set me on fire people come to watch me burn exactly correct john wesley Do 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 you get through this sunday mama is the mama mary and baby jesus that's what helped me 2014 16 god called my folks uh does get a little easier look up a beautiful song i can only imagine i know that song quite well um and again, we have a big thing for pro-life on Mother's Day too. And again, I've always said Mary's always been my mother. Of course, it's just, you know, it's in humanity. It's just all. Father, how to share with people with cancer patients, how to live with, as I'm a cancer survivor before, as to social issues may affect me in certain ways. And again, cancer, I've had so many people in my life with cancer and it's a horrendous thing like first thing i always say uh, is never waste your suffering always offer it up for somebody else because then it becomes salvific you know suffering in itself means nothing but if you do it for somebody else and say lord i offer this up for someone else and pre-vatican two people learned a lot about that we haven't talked about it uh, so much uh, post-vatican two but it's still official teaching and still an important reality to offer up our suffering for the good of somebody else so I always say, if you're suffering, no matter what you're suffering, it's going to be having a headache today or whatever. Lord, I offer this up for the conversion of my children. I offer this up for someone who's dying. Or I offer this up for someone, and you become a powerful instrument. You become a co-redeemer with Christ on the cross. It's all him. You're just sharing. Remember, it says we share in the sufferings of Christ. So we uh, do that, and you can offer it up and join Christ on the cross. Yes, the passion is a great thing. You only do it, I do it at every mission. So again, let's go here. To the last question here. In the resurrection accounts, where there are three women they marry, could you please elaborate on these three? Well, I know one's Mary Magdalene, one's the Blessed Mother. I'm not sure of the other one. It is, uh, but again, if you Google that, I'm not a scripture scholar. Uh, so there's certain things that are way out of my uh, pay grade. I could sit there and uh, do that. Like if I have a question, that's what I do. I'll just Google it and find out or go to Catholic Answers, who usually do a fantastic job down there. Uh, And that's what we do. Okay, anything else here? Why do you end your homilies saying? It's detracted. But the way I end all my homilies are, may each of you know his love today and forever amen so it's may each of you know his love today and forever i hope that helps people always ask that question okay i gotta go uh again we have uh you can come watch us tonight at seven o'clock uh we'll praise and worship almighty god and then eight o'clock for those in Erie, we'll do Pints of Padre. Uh Padres, Father Mac will be there too. And, uh, but again, just know all of you that I am praying for you next week. Uh, I'm going to be on the road. I might be able to do this. I might not. It depends where I am at that time. So I might see you next week or we might have to go two weeks. We'll let you uh, know on uh, uh the man, whatever, we'll let you know somehow. Okay? So I love you. Please pray for me and pray that I always do God's holy will. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>